Good morning, everyone. It's Dr. P, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Inspirational Podcast. Okay, so let me ask you, what is the bigger killer, the virus or the fear? Well, the virus is the easiest thing to focus on because it's scientific. You can see it under a microscope. You can watch it replicate. You can see the damage that it does. And uh, guess what? People die that have this particular virus in their system. So I'm not going to belittle that one bit. If we look at the numbers, sure, you could try to relate it to other influenzas and other sicknesses, diseases. I mean, there's a lot of ways to spin this as to decide whether this is really a true pandemic killer or not. You know, many of us would say, well, it's right there on TV all the time. Can't you see it? It tells us that in America, almost 50,000 people have died. Well, that's true. But at the same breath, I could tell you that 50,000 people died last year of suicide, and you probably didn't hear a whole lot about it. 70,000 people died of fentanyl overdose. Maybe or maybe you didn't hear a whole lot about it. And I don't want to get into that. I just want you to understand that when you look at the virus itself, right now we've got the the lens of the camera all over it. So it seems so real to all of us. So here we are. So will the virus kill? Yes, it will. Will fear have anything to do with whether you die of the, of the virus or whether you die of something else? And uh, I want to explore that a little bit with you today, give you a little bit more perspective. So let's talk about fear for a second. Let's see if I can just take the whole virus thing out for a minute. Let's just talk about fear and what it's like to be fearful if you're a human. So let's go back, um, I don't know, let's go back 5,000 years. And you're on the plains of the savannah. And you're being chased by a tiger. Well, you can't get a tiger out there. There's no tigers on in the savannah. Um, let's see, being chased by a cheetah. This cheetah can run like heck and so are you. You are running. Got to get out of there before you get eaten. So you're in a tremendous amount of fear. You know, probably just minutes before the chase began, you had an eerie sense that something was wrong. You heard a little rustle in the, in the grass. Not sure what it is. Then you hear the monkeys up in the tree or behind you going, oh, 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 oh. Yes, I just made a stupid monkey sound. <laughs> anyway. You know, the nature's alarm system is just turned on and you're like, oh, crap. And now you're feeling a tremendous amount of fear. Like you need to get out of there. You need to get out quick. So when you have fear, your brain goes through these, you know, conformational changes, which means it went from just eating and grazing and enjoying itself to holy crap, I need to run for my life. So in order to do that, to run for your life because of fear, you have to get as much energy into the muscles that help you to run away from, from the threat. Uh, you need to get all the blood into the muscle that you possibly can. So where is a great source of blood, which is carrying the energy to the muscle? Where, what's a great source for that? Well, how about the muscle itself? Of course. But there's another big, big source of blood that can easily be pushed out into the muscle, and it comes from your intestinal tract. Your intestines are 30 feet long when they're all wrapped up inside of you, and inside them, there's blood. 
So the minute you're fearful, like you're running for your life, you're going to constrict the blood vessels to your stomach in order to push the blood away from the stomach and into the muscles. You see, your digestive tract doesn't want to do anything when you're being chased by a cheetah or some other threat in life. It doesn't, it doesn't care what the threat is. It simply says, something's up and we got to get out of here quick. Matter of fact, if you've ever just been, um, let's say you're just nervous, which is really a part of fear. Let's say you have to um, walk out on a stage somewhere and sing or play or present, whatever it is you're into. Let's just say you're doing that. Before you go out there, holy moly, I can feel the butterflies in my stomach. What are those butterflies? Actually, that's the constriction of the blood vessels, moving the blood away from the gut and into the muscle. Now, it's funny, though, because you could have these subtle flutters of butterflies when you hold the hand of somebody that you love for the first time. The first kiss you ever had with somebody or watching your child on a stage perform a, I don't know, perform a song from a Christmas carol, whatever. There are a million ways that we can get butterflies, but they all run off the same thing. That's the body's ability or the desire to move the blood from the digestive system into the muscle because of that sense of heightened fear. We'll call it anxiety. We'll throw it all in there. It's really all part of it. So now, right, you are struggling with fear and need to run like crazy. So all the blood's coming out of the gut so that the muscles and the brain have a tremendous amount of energy. And of course, the heart and the lungs work like crazy. Your heart's beating really fast. Your lungs are cooking at high speed to get as much oxygen in as you can. And you begin to secrete this other chemical. Well, let me tell you, the first chemical that causes all the blood to move out into the muscles, it's called adrenaline. Yeah, and your brain produces certain hormones which cause the release of the adrenaline from your adrenal glands. So now you've got a massive amount of adrenaline moving into the bloodstream, which is squeezing all the blood vessels that would naturally bring blood into your viscera, your guts and organs, and pushes it out into the muscles. At the same time, you need a lot of energy itself within the blood. So where do those energy molecules come from? Well, those have to be broken down through muscle proteins. And who does that? Cortisol. You probably heard this term before about cortisol. Cortisol is this cool chemical also activated by your brain through a bunch of hormones, which tell your adrenal glands to make this chemical. And what it does is it breaks down muscle tissue and breaks it into amino acids so that it can be converted into energy, blood sugar. So now you've got plenty of blood in the muscle and plenty of sugar in the muscle so you can run like hell. Let's hope you're faster than a cheetah, but I doubt it. Anyway, so here's kind of the cool thing. That's what fear does to us. It jacks us up and gets us to run like hell. But what you may not be aware of is that everything else, everything you are doing just prior to the fear kicking in stops. There's no reason to ovulate if you're a woman, if you're being chased because you're and you're fearing for your life. There's no reason to heal that cut on your knee from two days ago. There's no reason for you to uh, to digest a morsel of food. And by the way, have you ever heard the term, you know, I, I, it scared the shit out of me? Well, guess what? You even poop out your intestine 
if you're that fearful because your intestinal tract has to shut off and do nothing. You certainly don't want to digest the poop, so you crap yourself. I know it sounds weird. That's just how human physiology works. So at the end of the day, you have to remember this, that when you're fearful, you need all your energy into the muscle and you need to make a whole slew of energy molecules to go with the blood to get there. And then everything else that's not associated with running for your life shuts down, shuts off and does nothing while you're just trying to flee for your life. And let's hope that you make it. Perhaps you do survive. Maybe that cheetah got tired because it really wasn't interested in you because you're a spindly little nothing and it would rather eat something thicker and bigger like a big fat impala. So it finally runs for about 30 yards and realizes, you know what? I'm not eating this dumb human. I'm out of here. So the human is running like crazy and gets out of there. And then <laughs> takes a while to get over this, what you're experiencing. But you do eventually. Now get this, right? If this was you know, 20,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, I don't care. Life was a little less complex, so to speak, at that time. There weren't a whole lot of these events taking place. Yes, they happened, but not like in the modern era. So what would happen is you'd be fearful and you'd go through these bodily changes. You'd shut down your ability to heal and you'd shut down your immune system, which is key. I'm going to talk about that in a minute, just so that you can run away from anything, just to get the hell out of there. So that's really cool. But in today's modern world, there is a fear and an anxiety and a stress every single second of your life if you let it. For every time you pick up the phone and you check your apps, fear, stress, anxiety. Sure. Go to work. Same thing. Kids. Yep. Houses, mortgages, uh, your own failing health, crappy food, financial crisis, epidemics, pandemics, right? Oh my God, we don't ever get a break. And here we are today, just prior to this whole thing hitting, we already had enough on our plate to digest. And now here comes this thing. We get this pandemic, which has a virus in it, which is killing people. Um, but then again, we are being told all kinds of information when we turn on our outlets, which is media, basically. Here it comes. And then we have to decide what's true and what isn't true. Well, if you've been watching TV for the past three years, three, four years, I don't know about you, but I have no idea what to believe. Everybody's fighting and arguing over this, and it's all some sort of political nightmare. They're all jockeying for position to get their point across, to get their agenda across, and they're scaring the hell out of us. And that's what they want to do. They want to scare the living crap out of us. Why do they want to do that? Well, it's an easy way to control us, unfortunately. I want you to know this, though, that the people that do suffer from the fear of all of this stuff that's being projected at us, man, they're in big old trouble. It's going to significantly weaken your immune system. You got the pause there? It's going to weaken the immune system. The immune system uses a tremendous amount of energy, a tremendous amount of energy, but it won't have any energy if you're so fearful that you're you're becoming like the human running from the cheetah. You're so afraid that all the blood and energy is in the muscle and in the brain, it's not in the immune system. So those that are the most fearful are the most susceptible to the damage from the virus. And of course, add that other stuff that you've already learned. It's the people with the underlying something or other and the aged people and not the young. Hey, what can you believe? Oh my God, the 104-year-old guy who actually had the, uh, he fought World War II, he had the uh, the Spanish flu. 
And now he's 104 and he survives this one. Don't tell me that you know what's going on out there, specialists. Listen, I know you're trying to learn about it, but you don't always know what's going on. And you're not going to know for a number of months or years, probably years, right? Two or three years, we'll have to look back at this and say, what's going on? What was this virus all about? How many people died? Did any of our methods actually work? You know, was our response appropriate? I don't have any answers for that, but I don't think they do either. But, you know, I understand something has to be done, but does it have to come at scaring the hell out of people? Writing stories in the newspapers and putting these crappy memes all over the internet, which are scary for people? Recently, I saw, I heard a, um, it was an article about uh, an infant that died of this COVID-19, got to use the right name, the COVID-19. It was a child. It wasn't a child. It was a fetus. It was 20 weeks old and was born premature and died. Well, hello, who can survive outside the womb at 20 weeks? Not many. But then when they tested the baby, they said he also had COVID. Okay, what killed him? They asked the doctor. Oh, it wasn't the COVID. He just actually had that. He actually died of the inability of the lungs to survive outside. It's just, it's a common thing. You know, babies are born at, you know, 37, 37 weeks. And this baby was at 20 weeks. It was way too premature. So did they tell people that? No. What happens to women are out there who who are either pregnant or trying to be pregnant, especially during this time, everybody's got nothing else to do. They're probably all shagging along like a big carpet. So these women were ill-informed. They thought that a child that a woman had in her arms that was breastfeeding and loving him had just died of COVID. No! What the hell does that story even mean? It pisses me off to even tell a story like that. That scares people. And with that fear, now your immune system is weaker than ever. Now you're even more susceptible to the the disease. But this is the point I want to get across. Yes, this disease is here. Yes, there's going to be X amount of people who die. But let's do a projection study and say, let's go over the next two years. How many people have died from COVID-19? Let's give it a number. I don't know. I'll give you a number like... I don't know, like 500,000 people. Just say, I don't have that number. It's not real. I'm just throwing it out there. But there's 7.6 billion people on the planet. And if they get the crap scared out of them consistently by their news sources and their media and their governments, holy moly, what's going to happen to them? That fear is going to instill the same story I just told in you. You're going to shunt all the blood away from your organs in order to get it to the muscles. The only organs that are going to get significant blood are the heart and the lungs because they're involved in the emotional reaction. But then that leaves your pancreas, that leaves your spleen, that leaves your intestines, that leaves your kidneys, that leaves your liver, everything else susceptible to disease because you shunted its blood supply away. And if they kept doing that for two or three years so that you were so freaked out you couldn't sleep, you're causing deteriorative damage to your organs, number one. Then the excessive excretion of of the stress hormone cortisol will wreck your brain. It'll muck up the capacity of the brain to communicate with its own self. You're breaking the brain down. Then your muscles and your joints become significantly irritated by the excessive secretion of cortisol again. So does your intestinal system. Wait a minute, doc. What are you trying to tell me? I'm trying to tell you that your organs, your body, all your tissues are going to break down if you're under the constant onslaught of fear. That's what fear does to us. So I ask you, and I don't have these numbers, but let's do a a study into the future of 10 years have gone by since this COVID thing. How many more people are sick and dying at a high rate as a consequence of the fear that they went through now? Plenty. 
Because fear is a learned response. And if you've already learned it, which many people have, then this pandemic comes, you've only strengthened the resolve of, the, of, of your fear. Then you talk about it with other fearful people. And then you do everything that everyone else is doing and you become like everybody, scared shitless. I want you to think of this, the worst word I have ever heard. I can still can't get my hands around it. Uh, I, it drives me crazy. It's called trending. And I'll say it like that. It's trending. I hate that word. What is it about trending? Trending means we're all doing the same crap. Let's just all do the same thing because we're all the same, right? It must be okay. It's trending if everybody's freaked out buying toilet paper. Are you kidding me? Toilet paper? Seriously? We never had a toilet paper problem before this. Why do we have one now? What the trending my ass of all intents and purposes? Trending. There's no, tr I hate that word. I don't want to be like anyone else. I want to be myself. I don't want to trend to be like everyone else. And I'm not going to be fearful. I've spent my entire life, or I shouldn't say that. Let's just say the last 30 years of my own personal development, making sure that I'm not afraid of things that I can't control. What the hell do I care? Oh, you could die. I'm going to die anyway. I'm going to die anyway. And you know what? The closer you get to your death, meaning that you're further from your birth and closer to your death like I am, I don't care anymore. I only got so much time on this planet to live. And I mean truly live. And the last thing I want to do is freak out and sit at home and go, what the hell? We're all going to die. This is what I'm hearing. I'm like, what? I called my mom. I said, Mom, I'm having dinner over at the house. Um, you're welcome to come. I know if you don't, it makes all the sense in the world. But if you'd like to come, she lives with my sister. And um, actually, I shouldn't even say that. It was the other way around. I asked my sister, uh, would you like to come for dinner? And asked Mom if she wants to come too. So Mom says, oh, I'm going. If the good Lord wants me, then he can just take me. He can take me anytime he wants. But I'm not going to miss a, a meal at my son's house with my grandchildren. I'm just sorry I'm not doing that. I'm like, well, there you go. Good for you. I'm not telling you what to do, but that's just something I've done. I am not going to live in this fear. This fear that you're experiencing now, this is going to kill you. Even if you don't get this virus thing, you're going to die of a lot of this. I shouldn't say you're going to die. It's not fair for me to say that because I don't want to put fear into you. I want you to realize that the longer you live with fear, the more of a physiological damage that your body has to go through. And it's hard to repair that, my friend. Don't let yourself get freaked out. If you got to ride this wave for a while because it's socially acceptable, you just have to do it. Just do it. Relax, man. Stay home with your family and friends. Just enjoy yourself the best that you can. Try to get a little, make a little whoopee when you're at home. Spend some time with the kids. I don't know. Who the hell am I to tell you what to do in the first place? Do whatever the hell you want. But I'll tell you what, if you sit around and you lament over this and you keep watching the television, they're going to find a way to make sure that they got you. They got you good. How about that knucklehead governor up there in Michigan. She won't let you to buy seeds. She actually shut off all the seeds in all the Walmarts and all the places so you can't grow your own food. What the flying crap is that? But don't worry. You can buy alcohol. You can get yourself some lottery tickets and you can sign up for an abortion because those are all appropriate during a pandemic. Those are really essential items that we have to have. But you can't take care of yourself because they don't want you to. 
because they're in full and utter control. Now, listen, some of what they say may be correct. Some may not be correct. I'm just asking you to consider at least thinking about what is appropriate in your mind and what are you willing to do? I'm not even saying with your actions, but with the way you think and your perspective. Because if you want to pollute yourself and kill yourself, you very simply have to change the way you see your environment and the things going on around you, and it will be so. As Joel Brenner said in the Ten Commandments, so let it be written, so let it be done. Well, no shit. Don't let that happen to you. That just drives me cuckoo. All right. That's what I have for you today. I just something about that. I just had to get that off my chest and let you know. Don't let yourself get sick over something that you are in control of, your perspective and your emotions. And when this thing softens up and we can go back literally being with each other so we don't get arrested and thrown in jail because of it, we'll be far better than we were going into it. This is another part of the way the earth works. You may be a spiritualist, but I'm a Darwinist. I will tell you that I believe something, that it is the survival of the fittest, and that yes, certain superbugs must come along and clean us up sometimes. I know it's terrible, but that's the reality that I understand. That's where I come from in the world of science, and you can add anything you want to that, but as horrible as this is, it's part of the way it goes. And I want to say hi just to a couple of people that have been on my mind lately. Number one is Mark, Mark, D- Mark W. Uh, I was thinking about your dad and you and, um, you know, your family. I hope everything's going well with you. Of course, Shoney, my buddy out in Wisconsin, one of my closest people in my life, my longtime friend. Hope things are going well for you out there, buddy. Amir. On LinkedIn, one of my buddies sent me a message. He would love to be on the podcast and tell his story. And, and so would Siraj. And we're going to get that done too. Susie, wanted to say hi to you because you know how <laughs> I always love you, Susie. You're a hot ticket. And finally, last week I was on with John Karen. John, thank you so much for being part of my podcast and just telling those stories that you did. It was so much fun. So I wish you the very best. And over the next few weeks, stay close to the vest. Enjoy your family. This is Dr. Pete signing off. Hoping I'll see you again soon on the Daily Inspirational Podcast.